Hello and welcome to episode 74 of the Vegan Business Tribe podcast with myself, David Pennell, co-founder of Vegan Business Tribe. And if you have a vegan business or you're just thinking about starting one, then Vegan Business Tribe is here to support you and to inspire you, not just to build a vegan business, but to build a successful vegan business. And if you listened last week, you will know that we are celebrating Vegan Business Tribe's second birthday this week. And I just wanted to give a shout out to Vegan Business Tribe member Laura Chepner, who sent Lisa and I a box of Sugar Noms vegan pick and mix to celebrate. And I have to say, they are amazing. And thank you, Laura. They're those kind of fizzy, sour, sugar-coated sweets, which Lisa actually really misses having. So I don't think I'm going to get a look in, and that's probably not much of a bad thing. But Sugar Noms themselves, they are a great vegan company, and they do letterbox-friendly packs for gifting, like the one which Laura sent to us. So Go check them out at sugarnoms.co.uk if you're looking to buy for somebody at the moment. Now, I'm going to warn you that at first glance, this episode looks like it's going to be another one of those boring but important topics because I know that whenever we talk about finance topics, then unless it's how to get funded or to find an investor, that people tend to drift off. But it is so important when you run a business that you get to grips with some very basic financial concepts and mechanisms. Because if you don't, there will be almost literally money running through your fingertips that should instead be in your bank account. And today we're covering one of those topics, which is how to claim for the research or product development that your company may have done as a cash grant back from the government. And before you say that your company doesn't do R&D, well, don't be too quick to jump to that conclusion. You don't have to have a laboratory. Just veganising a recipe for your new food product, that can be classed as R&D and you can claim money back from the government for doing it. Developing an app or a new computer system is R&D. Developing a new material or a more environmentally conscious packaging for your products. It's all stuff that your business might have done and there's a good chance that you can claim back on those costs if you have. Now, Lots of countries run these schemes, and we've got one here in the UK, but also America, Australia, and many European countries also run similar R&D claim schemes. And it might be that right now it doesn't actually apply to your business, but it might in the future as your company develops, which is why you should really know about all this. And maybe you thought about your company developing an app in the future, or you're thinking about coming up with your own vegan versions of currently non-vegan food. If so, then all this that you're about to learn is good knowledge that you should have stored away so that you can make better decisions as your company grows. 
So, to talk about this topic, I am joined by Vegan Business Tribe member Michael Newnham, who is the technical expert for Quantum R&D Tax Limited, so that we can really go into detail about the scheme and what you can and can't claim for. And Michael, he is a long-time ethical vegan himself. He's very passionate about sustainability and is also usually available in the Vegan Business Tribe community hub if you want to get his advice on all of this. And just to add that you can also watch the full video version of this session in our masterclass section of the Vegan Business Tribe Academy over on the website, along with lots of other sessions on topics ranging from how to get your business in the news through to how to be a better speaker and presenter. And they're all delivered by experts who are vegan themselves. So if you want to go beyond this podcast and take a look at our membership site too, then not only do you get full access to all of that, but you also get access to our full marketing course, all our member-only content, our online events and our networking meetups, as well as full access to our community of other vegan business owners just like you. There is too much for me to list out here and now about everything you get as a member of Vegan Business Tribe. So just head over to the website at veganbusinesstribe.com and click on the join button on the homepage to find out more. Okay, so this is one that you might want to make a few notes on because it genuinely could give you thousands of extra pounds or dollars in your bank that you did not realize you were entitled to claim. Today, we're talking with Michael Newnham, who is passionately vegan himself, but also the founder of Quantum R&D Tax Limited, which helps companies claim back money from the government for any research and development that they undertake in their business. But just to kick us off, Mike, I think the reason that people might just switch off when we start talking about R&D tax credits is because it's got that word tax in there. But that's actually really misleading, isn't it? Because it doesn't really have anything to do with tax. No, it doesn't. No, I mean it's it's badly named. Uh, I mean it's it's really a cash award uh, as as a uh, an incentive for you to do more research and development, and as a reward for you having done uh, uh, research and development. So that's uh, really the essence of it. So yeah, don't don't be put off by that word tax. I mean, I I am not an accountant. I'm a, I'm an engineer, and uh, it, so tax turns me off as well. But uh, it's 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 phenomenally important. Everybody watching this should be thinking about R and D tax credits. Brilliant. So we're going to really get into how this works and what you can claim for in a minute. But I just wanted to start by pointing out that we're talking specifically today about the UK government scheme. But I know that other countries have got similar schemes, don't they? I know there's the federal research and experimental tax in the US, and I, I think um, Australia run their own scheme as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so most developed. Uh, countries will will have a some kind of scheme like this the uh, um r&d tax credit scheme so so the scheme that we run in the uk started back in 2000 so under uh gordon brown introduced it and that became administered by the eu so when we were in in the eu it was a, it was an eu uh, administered scheme part of the erdf scheme uh and now uh, that we're out of the uh, out of the eu it still runs and it's it's run by hmrc uh, you know it's, it's treasury money 
And I guess that the benefit of governments running these schemes, it's not just a handout, but it, it actually incentivizes companies to do research and development, to create new products, and all that kind of improves the economy, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th I think it's phenomenally important. I mean, there are, there are people that say it's, it's not... Um, uh, it's not an efficient way to encourage uh, research and development, but my experience in the SME sector, it's been uh, phenomenal. So uh, it, it does encourage people to do more R&D. So, so people will, uh, when they get the money back, you know, and it can be a large amount of money, they then can do a project that they've been thinking of for ages, but never had the money, or they can hire new people, or they buy new equipment, or they move premises, uh, you know, a whole load of things that suddenly they can do, which which uh, just wasn't open to them before. So it does it does have a big impact. Yeah, brilliant. So many governments around the world will run their own scheme. So I think we just encourage people to have a quick search if you're not in the UK, just to see what's on offer in your country. But the, for the purposes today, we're specifically talking about the UK scheme. But Mike, not I guess that many people might not actually understand what is meant by research and development in a business sense. So can you just tell me, in its purest sense, what do we actually mean by research and development in a business? So it's, it's, re it's really research and development in, in, in a business is, is, is trying to find out information that you uh, um, didn't otherwise have, trying to develop new products, new processes, do things in different ways with the purpose of gaining some kind of competitive advantage really so whether that is reducing your costs uh being more efficient uh offering new uh functionality if you like uh you know so, some you know something new that's not been there before so that's generally uh, you know research and development so any kind of experimentation and and, and research that you do um would be research and development for, for the purposes of hmrc they uh, define it as seeking a technical advance in your sector. So, um, so the, the emphasis on the word technical there. Um, so, so things like social uh, research doesn't, or marketing research doesn't count. It has, to be, it has to be on the technical side. Okay, so it sounds like you don't actually need to have people in lab coats and, and doing experiments with test tubes and things like that. No, definitely not. No, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not. I mean, that, yeah, so that's another part of, you know, we talked about the, it's been badly named. So, so you know, even the R&D bit, uh, I don't know how you would change it any differently, but, but, the, but the perception of people within, in, when they hear R&D, they think of very big companies with lab coats, COVID-19, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and so they just think, well, it doesn't apply to me. Uh, and that's not the case. So, so if you've got a technical problem that you're trying to solve, then you're doing R&D. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Okay, so so let's start right at the beginning with this scheme. So first of all, I know that there are some rules for who can and can't claim for their research and development, aren't there? So I wonder if you could just walk us through some of them. Yeah, I will. So um, so apologies for, for people watching that are not in the UK, but I'm, I'm sure it's it's very similar rules that would apply outside the UK. But in so in the UK, you have to be uh, an active UK registered limited company. Um, so you can't be a sole trader or a partner. Uh, so you need to be liable for the corporation tax scheme. So uh, you don't have to be profitable, so you don't have to have paid any corporation tax, but you, you do have to be liable for it. Um, so you uh, the claim can be for any amount. So there's no minimum that you can claim for. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it generally means that you, you, know, you, are, you have to be seeking a technical advance. And those are basically the, the only rules. Uh, and then if you can, you know, if you are a, if you are liable for corporation tax, 
and you can demonstrate that you're, you're uh, seeking a technical advance, then the scheme's open to you. Absolutely. I mean, you, you don't actually have to even be paying tax or making a profit, do you, to, to no. be able to qualify for this? No, no, no. So, we, I mean, we've got a number of, you know, so pre-revenue businesses. So it's it's just about the costs. Um, and we, 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 had, we had some people come to us actually just, just last week saying, oh, I don't think we'll, we'll, we'll claim because we didn't make much profit this year. And so it's absolutely not about, it's just about the costs you, you, you've incurred. And perhaps you're not making profit because you've been doing you know, work on R&D and spending all these costs. So no, no. so if you're, uh, if you're loss making, uh, so you need to you know, see a, way, a path through your losses. So as long as you're a going concern, that's, uh, uh, that's fine. So let's just go into those costs a little bit more. I mean, the government is not just going to give handouts here. They're not going to cover 100% of your research and development costs. So, so what kind of things can you claim back for in terms of your costs? Right. So there's, there's four cost buckets. Um, the first one is, is staff costs, and that is PAYE, uh, and, and they include in that employees' national insurance and, and pension contribution. And that can be where uh, a lot of vegan businesses or any business, actually small business, can, can fall down a little bit because quite often the small businesses, you, you've got the directors in the business pay themselves a minimum salary, uh, and then they top up with directors' dividends when they're available. The director's dividends portion doesn't count, so it's just the PAYE uh, portion. But that's the main, that's the main cost that you can allow. Then there's material costs, so that's uh, consumables if you're making prototypes or uh, ingredients and so on, or if you're making you know food, um, or it could even be uh, intangible materials. So so now it can be uh, uh, licenses to cloud-based uh, uh, platforms and so on, or any any software costs that you, you need to incur in terms of doing your project. So that's the second one. So staff costs, material costs. The third big one is uh, subcontractor costs. Um, so, you know, if you're employing anybody to help you in uh, uh, do your R&D, which again, small businesses, it can be critical because you don't have all the skills in-house, so you're using uh, subcontractors. Uh, and a change in that area is that the government is now going to move it so that the subcontractors have to be UK-based as well. Uh, used to be you could you know they could be global um so but but now they're they're they're, they're, they're tightening that down <clears throat> with a view to raising the skills base in the uk uh instead of just subcontracting you know for example software development to india for example so now now you'll need to be uh, uh having those software developments done in the uk so staff costs material costs subcontractor costs and then the final one uh doesn't affect very many people but it's utility costs so gas water and electric if you've got manufacturing facilities, then that can be important. But you know, for you know, office based, it tends not to be a big one. But uh, but those are the four costs, uh, and those costs broadly get inflated uh, artificially, and then they, they they're plugged into your 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 CT six hundred uh, corporation tax return. And because your costs are inflated, uh, your profits have gone down, and therefore you pay less tax. And that that's how the scheme kind of uh, you know basically gets your money back. But um, my um, uh, so I'm not an accountant. So my, my simple mind, I, I, I tend to, to kind of rule of thumb it that 20% of your costs are going to come back to you as a uh, as a cash award, you know, so that's, um, uh, and that, I say that can be significant, particularly in your first claim you can make, uh, can be for a two year claim, you know, you can go back two years from your last year end. 
Okay, I mean, that's really interesting. So just to summarise that little part, because I think this is really important. So you can claim against salary, you know, so, so the money that you've paid your staff. You can claim for materials, so the things you've actually had to buy to do that research and development. You can pay for subcontractors, people who've done the work for you, and you can pay for some of that utilities as well. But you, you just said at the end, it's not 100% of those costs, is it? It's, it? It works out to be something like 20%. Yeah, around about that. Yeah, so you know, it depends on your your actual tax situation and uh, various other things, and whether you've had grants or all kinds of things. But but if you, as a rule of thumb, uh, you know, about twenty percent is probably uh, a conservative estimate of what you'll get back. And how far back can you go with those claims? So if somebody's just launched a business, but they spent two years developing the product in the run-up, can they claim for those costs? Yeah, so if you, I mean, we're in, you know, uh, let's say we're in April now. If you're, if the company's year end, you, so so a good thing is check when your year end is if you don't if you don't know. So if your year end was April, thirty first of April, um, then uh, then then um, you can claim if you get a claim in uh, in April this month, you can go back for the two years ending last April. So you're going back basically three years, um, you know. So so work that you've done three years ago is is eligible. Uh, so you so you'd claim for year ending uh, last April and year ending uh, April 2020 as well. Yeah, it's a significant uh, benefit. So so that's how the costs mount up. If you if you look, if you're going over a two year period, you 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 can quite accumulate uh, a lot of of R and D costs, and and it can be a very significant um, uh, you know uh, uh, award that you get. Absolutely. And you mentioned earlier that this is only if you are a registered limited company. So so what if you did some of that research and development before you registered the business? Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't count unless somehow those those costs were transferred to the limited company. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you, you, yeah, you. Yeah, sadly, you can't. So. Yeah, but I mean, that's actually some really good advice. So if somebody is thinking about, you know, starting developing a product now, then it would actually be quite beneficial for them to actually register as a business whilst they're doing that. So they would get, uh, you know, benefit of the scheme later. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And you need to have incurred costs. So so, so the costs that, that we, that, you know, that we can uh, account for have to be on the profit and loss. So we you know, work with a number of companies where they're, they're developing um, new products and so on, but they're not paying themselves a salary. So uh, you know, if there's no costs going through, you, you know, there's, no, there's nothing to claim. You know, 20% of nothing is, is, is nothing. Um, but there are, there are kind of ways that you can account for that. So you you could invoice the company and the comp- with the intent that the company would pay you back say 12 months in the future, you know, if the cash flow is not there now, uh, so then that would be uh, allowable. But uh, yeah, there have to be costs there. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm guessing that actually, you know, if you're looking back, you know, two, three years for a project, I'm guessing this can lead to some quite large sums that companies are able to claim back. So, it, I mean, it, is there an average amount that you see companies claiming? Yeah, so the, the, uh, so the average that, um, uh, you know, if you, if you take everything HMRC, um, pays out and divide it by the number of companies that have claimed, you get to about £84,000, um, wow. which is a lot of money. And the, and the way I think of that is think how many, how much you would have to sell, how many sales you would have to make in order to make £84,000 profit. You know, you, you know, you may be talking about, I don't know, maybe a million pounds worth of sales, you know, you know, whatever it, whatever it might be to, to get that amount of profit. So it's, a, it's very significant. So it makes a big, big difference. We, you know, we, we've 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 claimed at the very other end, end of scale. So you know, we've had some uh, companies that only 
get a thousand or two thousand pounds back but but um even for those very small companies that that can be a very significant boost that they can do quite a lot with yeah absolutely i mean you know especially when you're in the early years and you're a small business a couple of thousand pounds dropping in that you weren't expecting that can actually make a significant uh, difference and and despite the name you know as you said earlier this isn't actually a a rebate as it were it's, it's not something where the government is just knocking it off your next tax bill this is actually cash in the bank payments isn't it yeah that's right it is yeah 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 i mean you there's always the option to knock it off you know your, your, your next tax bill if you want but almost everybody um that, that, that we you know they, they want the money now because you can do something with it it's it's real money and and it is it is you know cash straight into your into your current account I mean, Michael, all this sounds absolutely amazing. I'm guessing that some people probably didn't even know that this scheme existed. So let's just start digging a little deeper and get people a bit more excited about this and, and look at what kind of activities you can actually claim for. And I guess that many vegan companies, especially, are going to be involved in food development. And a lot of the time, that's looking to replicate a food, but without an animal product in it. So I'm guessing that if you're making food, that's going to be a classic case for making an R&D claim. Yeah, so we, we do a number of you know, food businesses, but but yeah, so so vegan businesses have got a particular challenge, I, I think. So so quite often, you know, they'll they'll be trying to mimic uh, uh, you know uh, an animal counterpart. So there's a particular challenge there because because people have got an expectation of what a burger should be, or you know what you know all these all these different foods. So they, so they've got a benchmark. And you're being judged against that against that benchmark. I mean, cheese would be a, a classic one. So people know what you know uh, cow's cheese is like. So they they um they, this is what their benchmark is. And so so you've got um, to do a lot of experimentation. And this is the key thing: the experimentation to try and um, you know mimic the texture, the mouthfeel, uh, you know maybe the smell, you know the the look, the whole uh, the whole aspects of. Uh, work that goes into trying mimicking what what the what the alternative counterpart is and then you know you, there are there are other aspects where by by not using an animal products it has other um uh, uh problems associated with it so it might be to do with shelf life for example or uh you know using alternatives to eggs you know for binding and what have you so they might not go through the manufacturing process quite so easily so then you've got um you know changes that you've got to make to um, processing speeds or maybe different equipment and so on in order to uh, uh, just you know ju just get the other kind of qualities that are maybe not related exactly to um, to, to the eating experience. And if you do need to make those changes, Mike, just you know, or, or if you do need to buy a new kit and things like that, that's all things that you can be claiming against. So the kit, if it's a capital expenditure, as uh, wouldn't wouldn't be. Uh, so if it goes onto the your, your fixed assets, then then you're not you're not allowed. But you may, you may buy kit uh, from either your industry, the food industry, or, or a different industry, and then you have to, and if you have to modify it, um, so we, we had, you know, then, then that modification process, uh, that would be allowed. So, you, you know, but if you just buy a piece of kit, plug it in, and, and off you go, that, that's not, that's not the R&D, but, uh, but also, so then packaging as well is, so that'd be a similar thing. So you might have, 
by packaging kit, and then you might have to modify that for um, you know for for your particular situation um, because it you know it, as it as it stands, it doesn't meet the need, and that would be research and development. And you just mentioned packaging there because I guess a lot of vegan companies are trying to make their products you know as ethical as possible. So they might end up spending a lot of time trying to develop packaging that is plastic free or made from recycled materials. So so all that is really good fodder for making one of these claims. Correct. Yeah, all, all of that stuff. And yeah, and, and even, you know, if you're looking for, uh, as you said, people are looking for uh, ethical sources um, and so that you might, you might find a source, uh, you know, globally looking for, for ingredients or whatever from, from ethical sources and they, they are all sustainable sources. And that search, the fact that you're searching, that would be, be, be count, uh, counted. And then when you find your ethical source, it could be that the ethical source has got, um, you know, other characteristics that, that, um, uh, that might mean you need to do further research and development to make it fit into your your um, your, your particular process. So, and, and all this is getting quite exciting now because it, it doesn't have to be just food. So, if you want to develop develop say a new vegan sofa or maybe a new vegan handbag, then there's actually a lot more work and testing in developing that than you might actually realise. Materials, so so you know, vegan materials that that's. Um, that's a huge, I think, potential area. So all of that, you know, and again, when you take leather, there's this benchmark of, of, of expectation that, that you've, you've got to meet. Uh, other, other novel materials, you know, there may not be that benchmark, but still, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to achieve certain, uh, certain properties. So, so yeah, all, all, that, all that materials um, area is really exciting, actually. There's, so there's, um, there's, in America, there's the Materials Innovation Institute. So, so I, I encourage people to kind of check them out. You know, what they're doing is very, very, very exciting, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And there is so many hidden areas where you can get animal products, you know, in something that's been manufactured, you know, just for glues, if you are making furniture or something like that. I mean, we've even seen examples of, um, you know, fashion designers where the chemical that's been used on the zips and fasteners to, to stop um, oxidization, you know, that's all been animal based as well. So, yeah, yeah, there is sometimes a lot of work that you have to do that you don't quite realize to veganize yeah. a product. Well, you, you had a, a previous uh, guest on, on, on the program, uh, uh, Kaylee Nicola, wasn't she? And I think she was, she was talking about uh, printers and uh, you know so, so there you know you can go to a printer and a lot, a lot of the the the, the materials in, in printing are, are not vegan so she you know so she's been searching for vegan printers so uh, uh, yeah so so yeah it's surprising actually yeah and interior decoration you know all that kind of interior design stuff you know it's uh, yeah particularly glues uh, that's a problem so all of that stuff would be would would be eligible yeah so. If you're making a physical product, then there's quite a clear-cut case for, you know, what is R&D and what isn't. You know, there's going to be some obvious prototyping and developing and testing going on. But what about other types of companies? I mean, what if you're, say, an app developer, for instance? Can you still look at making a claim? Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So if it's if it's not, I mean, so software development is a big part of, uh, 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 you know, the, the claims area now, I think. So, so. Um, so even if you if you, even if you're not an app developer, even if you are a traditional business, you might be developing software to make your business more productive. So all of that kind of work, if you're developing bespoke software to make your back office uh, systems more efficient uh, or you know or automated, all of that could be claimed. So if you're an app developer, yeah, absolutely. Um, in fact, we we um, just taken on a client which might be kind of relevant to vegan businesses because he's although he's got a lingerie business, um, the problem with lingerie is that you have to have huge stock. So if you just 
just for a single bra, all the different sizes that you need to have, maybe maybe 50 different sizes. So, so, so to, to stock everything would be something like six million pounds. So you, you'd be bankrupt within a few months, you know. So, so, so uh, these companies have, have a problem. So what he's developed was software where he he, he basically put the business online, uh, and all the suppliers he, he developed, um, you know, APIs to connect into this into the suppliers, so that uh, people would make an order for something. Uh, it would only be on the website if it if it existed at the suppliers place, and then they would place an order with the supplier. So, so if you've got a vegan um, uh, if you want to create a vegan marketplace online, for example, and you were connected to all the all the different um, be, you know vegan suppliers, you, you could you could basically service your customers without having the stock, you know, with with, with that kind of software development. So uh, yeah, but I, I know you mentioned the word bespoke there earlier, and I'm guessing that's actually quite important. That, that there probably needs yeah. to be some inventive steps. So it, it, if I was just using WordPress, for instance, and a bunch of off-the-shelf plugins to build an e-commerce store, yeah. that's probably not going to be something you can claim. For. No, no, that wouldn't be. No, no. So there, there needs to be technical risk. So that's the key thing. So, so you, 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 you're, you, you want to achieve a technical advance, and that comes with technical uncertainty, technical risk. And also commercial risk as well. So you need to be having sort of financial skin in the game. So those are the three elements. So if you, you know, if we set up a business together and we just wanted to, you know, put up a website, then there's there's no technical risk or uncertainty in there. We, we're pretty confident that we'd be able to set up a website. So we're so going to have a website at the end, regardless. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> Brilliant. So yeah, I mean, yeah. that's all really useful. But thinking again specifically about vegan businesses. One of the reasons that a lot of people initially turn vegan is to reduce their environmental impact. And we've got a couple of our Vegan Business Tribe members who have really embraced this in their business as well. And I'm thinking especially, you know, people like Bison Print who have reduced their carbon footprint by 75% and their ISO 14001 certified. So, you know, does that kind of project qualify for making a claim? If if we can demonstrate that there was technical risk involved in that on technical uncertainty. So, so, uh, you know, so for example, I don't know the details of Bison Print, but, but, um, but if they, if they wanted to move to a low carbon alternative and that, the, that move created then problems in the business, you know, um, manufacturing wise or whatever that they then had to overcome, then all of the effort to, to kind of accommodate the lower carbon effort would, would be, uh, uh, you know, would be allowable. If what they'd done, for example, is just um, just put solar panels on the roof and planted trees, there's there's no technical uncertainty there. So so I mean it's a good thing to do. I'm, I'm definitely a good thing to do, but there's no technical uncertainty. So so it has to have um, so that move to a to a more sustainable or, or a low carbon life has has to have created some problems. So uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so so there had to be a problem to overcome. It's not a case. There has to be a just, problem. Though. Yeah, you, you couldn't just claim for your staff's time of going around and, and changing all the light bulbs out and things yeah. like that. Yeah, that's right. Although, yeah. I mean, that leads me into one of my you know final questions in this part. But what is actually going to cause people disappointment here? So so you know, what is the most common things that people come come to you thinking that they might be able to claim for and they just can't? Marketing. I think I think for me it's it's marketing. You know. Um, uh, we, we, we've got a client at the moment and uh, they are doing some technical R&D, but they, they've done an awful lot, spend an awful lot on marketing uh, and social media and digital marketing and so on. And uh, and that's that's just not allowable. Um, and another one, which again is maybe also related to vegan businesses, is is doing, um, you know, developing business processes and, and um, um, social science kind of re- related things. Um, 
you know, uh, related to rights, all that kind of social science work is not allowable. So, uh, unfortunately. Yes, yeah, so there's yeah. some very clear-cut yeah. rules here, what you yeah. can and can't yeah. do. But if listening to this, you think that you've probably got a good case for making a claim, then what kind of evidence do you actually need to pull together? And, and how easy is it to do that? Uh, well, so if you use somebody like us, so we pull the evidence together for you. So so uh, your your role in that would be to tell the story. Um, so we'd, we'd be interviewing you and, and other people in the business. Uh, what, they, what, what in the jargon is... is it's called a competent professional. So, so these are the, 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 the technical people in the business. Interview them to find out what was done, um, how you overcame, what the uncertainty was, how you overcame it, what was the state of play in the industry you know, before you did the project. You know, pull all this uh, detailed stuff in together, and or we pull in all the costs associated with that, either from your you know your online uh, um, zero or uh, you know online um, accounting software or your your bookkeeper or accountant and so on. So we pull all the financial costs together. We then put um, a technical report together and a financial report together, both of which HMRC requires. That then is, uh, uh, and then we we, you know, we we analyze the numbers, modify your, your corporation tax return. So we do an amended tax return with those two reports appended and, and submit that. So, so if anybody watching this is, is, is wanting to make a claim, then you should relax in the, in the sense that you don't have to do an awful lot except except tell your story, which is hopefully all businesses want to do. So uh, um, I'm guessing in that point then, Mike, it's probably going to be a good idea to have a chat with an advisor like yourself quite early on in that process then. Yes, yeah, yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, there's all, there's been some changes really recently where um, uh, HMRC has, has, has beefed up its, uh, uh, the number of, number of its inspectors. So there's been some, I don't know, maybe some spurious claims in the past and they're trying to tighten, tighten up on the whole thing. So, so, so they're looking for, for strong evidence that, you, that you've actually uh, undertaken some R&D. So, so it's, it's worth you know, um, you know, getting a specialist to do it, to do it for you. Yeah, um, just making sure that you're completely covered on that as well. I, I mean, and in that case, is there a fee to pay for, for, for services like yourselves or, or, or are you more working on a commission there? So we, so we, uh, uh, I think we, like, like most people, we, we work on a commission basis. So we, we, uh, don't charge a fee unless the claim is successful. Um, no win, no fee. No win, no fee. Yeah. So, so, and then, uh, I mean, normally so that the, the fee will go through and then, and then HMRC will reserve the right to uh, investigate for, for up to two years after after a claim, so uh, so they can investigate, and then if if there is an investigation, we would stand the cost of that investigation. So really, the uh, the client's only uh, payment is 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 on the is on the commission. Um, you know when when they've been successful. So and it actually means uh, there's no cash flow hit to the business because they um, we only take the money from the money that's paid out by by HMRC. So. Uh, so, so there should be no disturbance to the business at all. But um, yeah, so there will be, you know, most people will work on a commission basis. Some might work on a fixed fee. I don't know um, if you do it through your own accountant. So, <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah. it is one of those things that it's probably good to get somebody professional involved with this. And we are talking here, Mike, about, you know, 15 minutes of somebody's time might just end up with you getting quite a nice present in your bank. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've got so we've got somebody uh, I think now on, on board from Vegan Business Tribe, and uh, uh, it will be a very small claim, uh, but we we will claim 
we, we you know we'll process we, we don't have a minimum fee so we'll process a very small claim so she's been uh, developing um uh, products for improved gut health um you know so uh she she's she's not taking a salary she has had sub some subcontract subcontractor costs so there will be a claim there but it will be modest but her her time was was just probably uh, an hour an hour on a zoom call and and that's it and then we'll we'll candle the rest so yeah that's absolutely amazing mike so if somebody does want to find out more about quantum r&d tax where do they go yeah so you if you uh, uh, so you can put quantum r&d tax uh, in in the google and then uh, you'll you'll get a full page of people advertising for r&d tax so you don't have to come to us but we we'll be there somewhere uh, so uh, so go onto the website or uh, on linkedin um, or you know vegan business tribe you know come to me there so uh, um, you know uh, just pick up the phone and uh, I'm very happy to talk to anybody that's brilliant well mike Thank you very much for your time. And I think that this might have been a little bit of an eye-opener for many people. And I know that, as you said, you're also around in the Vegan Business Tribe Community Hub if people are looking for any specific advice and you're always happy to talk. So Mike Newnham from Quantum R&D Tax Limited, I am sure we'll speak again soon. Thank you, Mike. Now, I hope you found that session as interesting as I did. And Michael's website, it can be found at quantumtax.co.uk. And just like Michael, I have known companies who have received tens, even hundreds of thousands of pounds for their R&D claim. But even if you only get to claim back a couple of thousand, then depending on where you are in your business's journey at the moment... That might make a huge difference. So do reach out to Michael at Quantum R&D. And you can also tag Mike in the Vegan Business Tribe Community Hub because Mike, he's pretty much been with us since day one at Vegan Business Tribe and he's genuinely always happy to help out another vegan business. And that's it for this episode. I genuinely hope that even if this information isn't relevant to you right now, as your business grows, it might actually save you a lot of money in the future. So thank you for listening. Lisa and I, we really appreciate you giving up your time each week to join us. So do go check out the membership site at veganbusinesstribe.com for lots more really useful stuff just like this to help you grow a successful vegan business. And I will see you on the next one.